0: Good evening, morning, night, whatever time it is, folks. This is Brian Newbert from goldenblack.com, live in his car once again uh, with your goldenblack.com drive home. My car is actually moving this time, unlike a couple of nights ago when I was sitting in a Fairfield Inn parking lot by the airport. Um, this will be your goldenblack.com drive home post-game podcast from Purdue's 83 to 78 win over number nine illinois i should have mentioned that Purdue's number one so this was a top 10 meeting uh in mackie arena uh this is brought to you by our friends at uh, east end and ripple and company uh, purdue federal credit union acrepro.com TW design and build and the whitaker inn which i'll be driving by here very very soon hoping they keep their coyotes and foxes and and deer and raccoons on their property i think i saw a moose last week even though we're a little bit far south for moose. Um you got to bear with me here. I'm still battling this this uh cold that has more lives than a terminator. Uh cold bronchitis, whatever you want to call it. I've been sick since November. So all of these flights have really really helped me get healthy. Anyway, so Purdue wins 83 to 78 over Illinois. Uh obviously the final score uh, is only a 5-point margin, but I think An honest assessment of this game uh, would suggest this was a little bit more of a, I don't want to say one-sided, but a little bit more of an authoritative win for Purdue, which led by 21 uh, at its peak. That said, you got to do the best job you can do finishing games, and I didn't think Purdue did that. I think Illinois really fought. I think I probably was guilty of underestimating them, chalking up their last two wins since losing Terrence Shannon to Adrenaline. Uh, which never lasts more than a little bit. But Illinois really, really fought. Marcus Damask and Luke Goody really made a lot of big shots for Illinois down the stretch. And uh, you have to give them some credit here for really fighting on the road against the best team in the country, or at least the number one-ranked team in the country. Best team in the country is always up for debate. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Purdue really, really came out strong. I think they had a good defensive game plan that Illinois inexplicably didn't seem ready for, uh, even though like people like me were writing about this is probably what Purdue's going to do beforehand. That is to put Zach Eady on Ty Rogers, who is 0-for-1 from three-point range in his career, hasn't even tried one this season. Uh, he is he is a guard wing who's actually played some point guard for them. Very, very similar to what teams used to do to, to No-Jell Eastern. They would put a secondary defender or a less mobile defender on no eastern and basically let him do what he wanted to do away from the basket and kind of dare him to shoot knowing he's not gonna uh, that's what Purdue did to Ty Rogers and Ty Rogers was a complete non-factor in this game and I thought Purdue's ability to play five on four away from him um, really kind of helped that 20 to four start to this game I think that was the uh, score at its most lopsided, twenty to four. Uh, but from there, uh, you know, this was kind of a kind of an old school Purdue win. You know, for as much as Purdue's evolved as a program into more modern basketball from an offensive perspective, from a uh, player relations perspective, I don't know what that means. Uh, just trying to make this left turn. Uh, Purdue's an offensive program; they're much more. NBA-ish in their style of basketball now than they ever have been before, Uh, but this was kind of a little bit of an old-school grinder Purdue win, like a Brian Cardinal, uh, Chris Kramer, uh, who else under Gene Cady puts a face on this, Steve Scheffler, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too far back, This was kind of a a grinder win for Purdue in the sense that I think Purdue really, really played hard, and I think their effort was really a difference maker in this game. When they had to match Illinois' hunger and Illinois' desperation, for lack of a better term, Illinois' uh, just energy, uh, because even without Terrence Shannon, that's something they still have quite a bit of. Uh, I, I thought Mason Gillis, once again, he is stacking great games one on top of the other. He has been playing at a really high level for Purdue. Who is right. that's. I've stopped at a red light. Mike Carman, uh, my colleague, is, is uh, turning right and waving at me. Sorry for the disruption there, but uh, I thought Purdue really, really played hard. Mason Gillis is the tone setter for that. He, is, he has been a really, really valuable leader for Purdue this year. Uh, in a difficult situation. I mean, he's, he's earned more than he's getting right now from a minute's perspective, from an opportunities perspective, and I'm sure that's hard on him, but he has been a really, really good leader for Purdue. He's, he's, he's set a good example with his effort. He's changing games with his effort, as he always has. Uh, he's Purdue's most vocal guy, uh, one of Purdue's most vocal guys at least, and I think you can't give him enough credit. He has been awesome for Purdue in his role. Awesome period uh, for several games in a row now, uh, Maryland included, uh, Illinois most certainly. Him and Trey Kaufman ran tonight. Their energy, their effort was the difference in this game, if you ask me. Purdue only had 22 minutes from Zach Eady because of foul trouble. Uh, they're rarely seen Zach Eady foul trouble. And, uh, you know, Trey Kaufman ran just... There's no drop-off from a productivity perspective. He gets 23 points, uh, only four rebounds. But I think when you go back and watch the game, you'll see a lot of rebounds pretty got because of him. And that should count, uh, at least essentially it should count. Um, but what Trey Kaufman ran tonight was – hold on. That did not come out right. What Trey Kaufman ran was tonight was Travion Williams because Zach Edey played half the game. Trey Kaufman ran played half the game. Uh, They were both played through when they were out there, and the productivity didn't drop off from one to the next. That's exactly what Trey Kaufman-Wren was tonight. And what you're going to see, I've been saying this over and over again, over and over and over again, going all the way back to Portland last year, is that if you slide Trey Kaufman-Wren into Zach Eady's usage, if you slide Trey Kaufman-Wren into Zach Eady's minutes, and you get him the same touches you get Zach Eady, you've got an 18-8 and sort of guy and an all-Big Ten player. And I wrote this earlier, but don't be surprised one bit. And, you know, Braden Smith's going to be back. Fletcher Lawyer's going to be back, you know, presumably. You always have to qualify everything nowadays, but there's no reason to believe otherwise. Uh, Those guys are going to be back. I think Miles Colvin's going to take a big jump from one year to the next. But don't be surprised one bit next year uh, when Trey Kaufman runs your leading scorer. Uh, I think he's got got a great chance to do that. You have seen his improvement. You have seen it with your own two eyes, his improvement, uh, assuming your eyes are open. Um, He put so much time into his three-point shooting in the offseason, and he's probably right at 50% now. He made a huge one tonight. His confidence is just soaring in that regard. Um, If you stay off of him, which I think a lot of people are going to have to from a pick-your-poison perspective, He's going to burn you, and I think that lost in the big the big picture story of this game is the fact that Trey Kaufman ran, who was like one for eight or something like that in Europe from the foul line and then started the season really slowly, was 6-6 six six at the foul line before a late one and one went sideways on him. That's a big deal. Uh, his game is predicated on contact and drawing fouls, just like Zach Edes is in a much different way but kind of similar, and if he can get his his foul shooting consistent, that's going to be a really big deal for him too, and you know, between Trey Kaufman-Wren and Lance Jones, prior to that last miss by Kaufman-Wren, those two guys were 13 of 13 from the foul line, uh, and those are two guys who are your 70 percent below types of guys, and that was a big deal, and I don't know if that necessarily is going to be the headline from this game. If people actually write headlines anymore, I, I have no idea. But those two guys making their free throws that way, to that level was really, obviously, something that loomed really large at the end of this game and helped Purdue play from ahead the entire time, pretty much. Uh, so, you know, Purdue gets 22 minutes from the best player in college basketball, in which he still gets 15 rebounds and 10 points. Uh, And they beat a team that, you know, isn't what it was two weeks ago without Terrence Shannon, but obviously showed tonight and showed the last two games that they're still going to be a really competitive team and probably a top-half NCAA tournament sort of team in the Big Ten. So, obviously a good win for Purdue. Uh, I don't know. Illinois is going to have to, you know, have a pretty good season from here on out post Terrence Shannon, assuming he doesn't come back in order for this to stay a quad one win. But I wouldn't rule it out, uh, at this point. But, you know, Purdue's got more quad ones than anybody in the country. They have done everything they could possibly do to this point, short of just being a little bit better against Northwestern. Uh and uh, you know, Purdue's off to a off to a good start in the Big Ten. Despite that early loss, I think, you know, this is profiling as a season where Purdue's gonna win this league by a couple of games. Uh, obviously, you never speak too soon. You never know what's going to happen, but I think when you look at the Big Ten on paper, uh, especially if Illinois doesn't get Terrence Shannon back, I think that's a reasonable a reasonable bet at this point. If you're into such things, uh, gambling, I mean. Uh, but anyway, hey, that's what I got um, from Purdue's eighty-three to seventy-eight win over number nine Illinois. Uh, this is Brian Newbert from GoldenBlack.com driving past the Whitaker Inn right now. Not spotting any wildlife, thankfully. Um, this has been brought to you by our friends at the uh, East End Grill and Rippling Company, uh, Purdue Federal Credit Union, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and of course that very Whitaker Inn I just drove past. So I will talk to you guys again uh, next week from Nebraska, uh, maybe from a moving car, but probably not. Uh, it doesn't seem like a good idea on the interstate in Nebraska, so. Uh, Thank you, everybody, and hopefully by the time I talk to you again on one of these podcasts, I will no longer uh, be coughing, be clearing my throat, be just sounding awful like I have been for most of this season to this point. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it, and uh, stay tuned to goldenblack.com for all our coverage from this Purdue win over Illinois. Uh, Appreciate it. Bye now.